Third and four for the Eagles here. Murphy in shotgun. Here's the snap. He rolls left. He throws. This is the WZBC Sports Podcast, Episode 3. I am so pleased to welcome to the podcast two leaders of Boston College Athletics, the Director of Athletics, Brad Bates, and the Associate Athletic Director for Communications, Jason Baum. Brad has been with BC since late 2012, and Jason is new to the heights, um, but I'm so glad to have um, both of them with me today to offer their thoughts on BC Athletics, and I know they're very busy, right before Parents Weekend and a home football game. So first, thank you for taking some of your time to spend with us at WZBC Sports. Steve, great to be here, and thanks for the invitation to participate. Thanks, Steve. Looking forward to it. Yeah, so we're very gracious for you guys to spend um, your time with us. So let's just kind of get right into it. Um, in our first podcast, uh, John Kincaid of CBS Sports Radio talked about how he thought, even within Division One FBS, there are tiers of teams developing as in the Clemsons and Alabamas of college football, may be there to stay as we move away from the old conference format and as new challenges are placed on recruiting. What are your thoughts on the landscape of college football and what BC has to do to compete as a smaller private school with higher academic standards in a league dominated by programs with very different philosophies? It's quite the question. (laughs) Uh, I think I would agree with him to a certain extent in that the schools with the large stadiums that are selling out every game really have a definitive resource advantage over the smaller schools that don't have those big venues that are selling out regularly. There's not a lot of those schools, but there's enough. And as you alluded to in our conference, we have some of the the largest stadiums and the best attendance in the country. At the same time, Boston College has some inherent attributes that other schools will never have. We have this incredibly prestigious degree. We are one of the top-ranked institutions in the country. Uh, we're of those top-ranked schools, very few compete in Power Five conferences. In fact, we were ranked 31, I think, in U.S. News uh, a couple weeks ago. Only, I believe, it's 13 compete in Power Five conferences. So we're in a very small pool. And of those 13, we're the only one that offers a Jesuit Catholic education. And oh, by the way, we're in an amazing city. And we're surrounded by some of the greatest professional athletes and programs and organizations in the world. And so you put that package together up against anyone. Now, there are things we need to keep doing. We need to build facilities. We need to provide our our coaches with assistant coaching salary pools that are competitive, and they can go out and get the best coaches in the country. But at the same time, if we build upon our inherent attributes, we can definitely compete with anyone in the country. Yeah, absolutely. I um I think, I think you're absolutely right. It's uh, a great program with so much to offer and a unique package, um, for sure. And, uh, Jason, I'm sure that kind of in coming to, to BC, you, you kind of got a grasp of some of this, and you felt that there was a lot to build on here. Yes, obviously, from my end, uh, you know, just starting about a week ago, I was excited um, 
to get the opportunity to come to BC. Obviously, it's such a prestigious academic institution. Um, anytime you think of BC and their players, you think of their class, their honor, their integrity. Um, it's a special place. So obviously, from my end, to get a chance to work with all these talented student athletes, uh, it was a no, no-brainer. And obviously, to be in a, you know, a Power 5 conference and such a good one as the ACC, it's, uh, you know, it was an awesome opportunity. Absolutely, yeah, and I, I believe that we have some of the most talented student athletes uh, in the country, Brad, as, as you alluded to. Um, and I, I think the football team is continuing to make the right decisions and moving forward um, in great ways. Um, so, kind of moving a little bit away from from the, the big revenue sports, uh, such as football and basketball, it is no secret that the high revenue sports of college football and men's basketball dominate the attention given to collegiate athletic programs. However, in recent years, BC has also had success outside of these two markets especially within baseball, men's and women's soccer, and field hockey. What does success in these kind of sports do for a school and an athletic program, even if fans aren't seeing them on TV? Yeah, I appreciate you asking that question, Steve. Last year, we had the highest finish in the Director's Cup in school history. So we got a lot of programs that are doing great things, and you alluded to several of them. The, their contribution is there, there are a lot of layers to that, right? They're certainly representing Boston College extremely well. You, you alluded to baseball. I can't tell you how many emails and texts and phone calls I was receiving from our alums and fans about our baseball team advancing to the regionals, the super regionals, and being so close to making it to the World Series. And so first of all, I think there's a promotional aspect to the university. Our, our society highly values athletics. And when any program has success, it's really marketing the entire university. And it gives our student athletes and our coaches a stage to showcase their, their professionalism, their intellect, and the way they conduct themselves as ambassadors for the university. But it also is another way of developing students. So our student athletes, through those experiences and the competitive success, are acquiring skills that will serve them the rest of their lives in any endeavor they engage. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, you mentioned uh, the success of especially baseball team this past year and kind of the segment that that provided for, um, for, for the school. Jason, how do you think that we can kind of, you know, build on, build on some of these? Because a lot of people know the format of how you, you know, make a, a football team or a basketball team great, but what does it take to sustain the success of some of these teams, again, that maybe aren't getting as much attention but can be just as valuable? I think one exciting part f- for the other sports is with the ACC network launching um, here soon, the digital aspect of it. Um, TV viewing has changed so much. We watch it now on our iPads, you know, our computers, our phones. I think a lot of those sports are really going to benefit from the increased exposure they'll receive um, once we get the ACC network up and rolling. Uh, I know streaming-wise, you know, on campus of our events, uh, that's where most of those sports will see a huge uptick. Whereas right now, are there national television opportunities? No, but there'll be you know plenty more in the future on the digital landscape, which um, I think for those sports, it's awesome. Uh, it'd be a great way to tell uh, the stories of those teams, those players, those coaches, because obviously there's been a ton of success. And you look at last year's um, Director's Cup standings of BC and where they finished, um, it was an awesome year. So I think sometimes it gets lost in the shuffle, and this certainly will help tell that story uh, much easier. Yeah, I agree. Um, and kind of let's let's jump ahead to uh, something I want to talk about a little later: um, the ACC network coming, uh, you know, backed by ESPN, coming. Uh, I, I want to say 2019, but maybe sooner. Um, along those lines, one of the topics within the ACC right now, which I think the ACC network will have a lot of uh, sway over, 
is this idea of eight versus nine conference games for football. Um, the ACC can either remain at either conference, uh, either eight conference games while committing to play two Power Five non-conference opponents each season, or can go to nine ACC games and one Power Five opponent uh, for each season. Um, what do you see the, as the pros and cons um, for each option for BC within relation to football? And also building on that, you know, within relation to BC, what kind of what and what Jason said, what kind of can the ACC network do for all these programs, especially some of these programs that aren't getting maybe any kind of television attention, but working just as hard and absolutely, you know, absolutely deserve it um, to kind of showcase their work. So thoughts on the ACC network as a whole and its relation to um, this, you know, ever vexing question of eight versus nine conference games for football. Well, the football question is really um, down to schools that have annual rivalries with non-conference opponents and schools who don't. Uh, as you alluded to, the ACC network goes into effect during the 1920 season in a linear way. It'll be uh, digital. Uh, actually, we already have it this year. It's kicking up for us next year. And so that's really the, the tension. Uh, schools that already are playing that non-conference annual rival, for the most part, are against expanding, and they want to do the 8 plus 2 model because they're already at that additional game that's scheduled, and the, the years that Notre Dame falls on their schedule really limits who they can go after. The problem in the immediate future is it's physically impossible to satisfy the 8 plus 2 in the first year of the ESPN contract because there aren't enough teams out there. And so as the ACC continues to have this, conversations, this conversation, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays into the voting within each conference team. The uh, second part of your question is the exposure of all of our programs, and even beyond just athletics, going into the classroom, demonstrating what BC does in the community, showing our spring break trips and how our students are involved all over the country and in, in helping the under, underprivileged. It will be a launching pad that really uh, demonstrates the essence and the culture at Boston College in ways that'll really transcend the entire institution. And so we're very excited for this opportunity. That's a great point. Uh, I guess I don't think we're really thinking you think about, oh, okay, there's an ACC network coming. That's just going to be more games broadcasted on TV, which is great in itself. But there's always kind of those, those filler moments in a broadcaster or on a network that says, all right, let's dig a little deeper into who we are covering. And you always like to see those stories, and you know BC's had some great stories, um, you know, such as Wells Crowder, which they'll, they'll highlight every year when we kind of play that game and stuff. But to get even a deeper look into BC, I mean, it's amazing that this school service is competitive to get into for among these students, and and the athletes transcend the campus. I mean, they, they it goes beyond just the stadiums, and it goes off to the campus. So I think that's a great point, and uh, definitely a possibility for the school to really showcase itself. Um, it, it's interesting really well. because uh, I I just heard the number. I can't remember if you were in the meeting or not. The number of hours our student athletes put in service last year it was like it was well over 2,000 hours it was amazing but there's a fine line between promoting that and the genuineness of it right yeah. mm -hmm. or the experience for our student athletes as well as the people that they're serving the second uh, your second point Steve I think is really a good one think back two years ago when we played Southern Cal and they were the ninth ranked team in the country and it was uh, a whole theme our marketing staff came up with, men and women for others, and it was a service day, right? And so Wells's family was there. We were passing out the bandanas. Uh, Pifrates was there, and so we got to showcase him and the impact he's had. We had wounded warriors there. 
And all of a sudden, the football staff puts together this amazing game plan. The players execute it. And that's a three-hour infomercial for Boston College, not just Boston College football. It's for the entire university. And so the ACC network, I think, will give us a vehicle to really tell our story. Absolutely, yeah, and we look forward to seeing it. Um, so we were talking about some of these um, you know, other sports, uh, and baseball, as we alluded to a couple of times, has had a lot of success recently. With the development of the Brighton campus, which for those that don't know is across the street from our main campus here at BC, uh, there are plans in place to move the baseball and softball fields away from their position uh, next to the Beacon Street parking garage right now, which is next to Alumni Stadium. With the recent success of the baseball team, uh, there are calls for a more elaborate, fan-friendly, and broadcast-capable field. Uh, kind of what can you tell us about the field plans developments over on Brighton? Um, and is it possible that they could have some of the amenities that other ACC stadiums have, you know, such as a broadcast booth or lights? Because I will tell you that Friday night baseball games sound really appealing to me, both as a fan and as a, and as a broadcaster. Closer to May than March, I would say. <laughs> the, <laughs> yes, uh, yeah, so point. the quick answer is yes, there will be lights, there will be broadcasting capabilities. There, it's going to have the amenities that you're talking about at other ACC parks. The full scope of it really will be ultimately determined by crossing the finish line in Phase 1 and then heading into Phase 2 fundraising, which will be player development, locker room, weight room, and the scope of that, again, will be dictated by fundraising as well. Uh, we have a tremendous sense of urgency of this project and getting that uh, finalized so that we can really go public with what it's going to look like and what the, the amenities and the uh, resources that will be provided for it. But they've been talking about this, this facility for years. I'm really excited that we're going to be putting shovels in the dirt next March. It'll be a lot of fun. It absolutely will be. Uh, Jason, so with this move to, uh, you know, a new stadium for baseball and for softball and some increased room and capabilities that we'll have over on Brighton, how do we, how do we make the experience, you know, even that much better? Because I, Shea is on a tight piece of the property, but that proximity to the parking garage and the way that we can kind of stack fans up right along the first baseline is unlike any stadium I've ever seen. I mean, not just in college baseball. So how do we, how do we even improve upon that home field advantage and make it a, f a fun experience over on uh, Brighton as well? I'll, I'll steal the answer on this okay. one because Jason hasn't been as involved in the planning. We actually have some very deliberate hospitality areas that are designed within the park. Uh, we won't quite have the ramp. <laughs> yeah, I think that would be a tough one to replicate. Right. But we, we have uh, targeted areas that will be near the uh, one of the bullpens, uh, one along the right field line, and then one in the outfield, maybe two in the outfield, which will be great vantage points. Yeah. And then, of course, the core and main uh, seating, that'll be chairback seats and really a spectacular setup. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I was just um, down uh, with the football team at Virginia Tech um, for a football game down there, and I was checking out their baseball stadium, and they have an interesting piece of ground there. And it, and it works well with kind of what they have now, a lot more land in central Virginia than you have right outside Boston. Um, but I think everyone's excited to see, um, see those plans and kind of how, how, they, how they develop. Um, moving to another sport that uh, is a personal favorite of mine, um, the BC Faithful are eager and very excited to see Boston College basketball back competing for the NCAA tournament. Simple question, talk about the development of a basketball program, because it's a whole different story than developing a football program, um, and how you think that our uh, men's team is developing right now. The um, leadership of Jim Christian has just been fantastic, and 
the opportunity to see them practicing throughout the summer and get these these young guys back here and a couple fifth-year guys, it's really given me a lot of enthusiasm for the future. Now, it's not going to be easy, right? This league is unforgiving. And, uh, you know, if Louisville is eligible for the postseason last year, I mean, you look at how many teams from the ACC would have been probably in the Elite Eight. It's unbelievable. Mm -hmm. And this was an incredible conference before we added Notre Dame and Pittsburgh and Syracuse and Louisville, right? So it's an unforgiving league. At the same time, Jim's building this the right way. He's building a foundation for the future. A lot of our talent's still going to be young this year. Mm -hmm. uh, but you saw glimpses of that talent and how they can compete in this league that I think can be really, really fun. The good news is the trajectory's going in the right direction. And we aspire to be in the postseason every year. And that's what Jim set it out. Because you, you get in the postseason in the ACC, you got shot at the whole thing. And that's exactly what Jim's doing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I've kept uh, a close eye on the team this this uh, off season and checking out the recruits they have coming in. And I like what I see. I've been saying that um, as long as Jerome Robinson and AJ Turner take that next step, which I absolutely believe as a fan, they will. You add in some of these recruits, such as Ty Graves, who uh, I've heard is a special talent. There's a lot to look forward to, uh, and I know that I'm I'm very excited. WZBC Sports is very excited to have the chance to um, to cover these guys. Um, but would you say that developing a basketball program is harder or different than developing a football program? I think it, it, just to kind of put it in perspective for some of the fans, what does it take to go out and maybe get four recruits a year versus you're getting 20 in football? Or, or you know, kind of how does, that, how does that process differ and what makes it unique for basketball? The similarities are the relationship between the coach and the families that they're recruiting. And the relationship of the coaches, um, and they're really the lens by which these prospects view the university, and so how our coaches articulate the resources at this great place. So that's um, a, a key area. The differences really reside, though, in uh, who is influencing students' decisions about where to go to college. In basketball, you have this very influential club and AAU culture. And so coaches within that system, more so in many cases than the high school coaches, have a lot more influence on the choices that these students are making. So relationships for coaches in basketball with the AAU coaches is really, really critical because they have a lot of influence on most of the student athletes making decisions. Football is much more grounded in, in scholastic and, and high school football. So the relationships with the coaches. So you look at our, uh, our football staff, and they, they come predominantly from New England, Midwest, and the Southeast. And so you see for the most part that's where they're recruiting because they have relationships with those coaches. The high school coaches trust the coaches, and so they're going to encourage a lot more of those students to come up here. Basketball is much more national, but central to where uh, Jim and Stan and the rest of Scott have been before. And so you see those relationships being cultivated, but the AU, that's a really different layer to it in the basketball side absolutely a yeah, very different circuit and um you know the, all the good players are, are there so that's um that's where everyone's looking um so yeah so we're, we're very excited and i think it's going to be a great step for the team this year and uh, we look forward to uh to covering them um so let's kind of get to a whole picture view uh, brad you've been here for a few years now 
What developments or growth in BC Athletics are you most proud of accomplishing in your first few years, and what are some of the things you're looking forward to continue doing? And Jason, for you, what do you hope to accomplish and uh, see in your time at BC? So Brad, we'll start with you. Well, at the core of everything we do is I believe this is an athletic curriculum that contributes to the development of students. And when they graduate from here, their playing days are over. They're going to be leaders in the communities that they serve. So that's very subjective. It's difficult to measure, right? But that's our overarching aim. There are a lot of ways to measure that, our graduation rates, um, uh, our alums and leadership positions and that sort of thing. And we do track all that. Uh, what I'm probably, and, and so that is the essence of what I'm most proud of. This is a culture that really feeds and believes in developing students and contributing to, as our mission statement says, champions as scholars, as athletes, and servers. Uh, you know, I, I can point at uh, Steve Adazio coming in, inheriting a two-win football team, taking us to back-to-back -to -back bowl games. You know, I, I can point to women's soccer having an undefeated season, advancing to the national championship game where they had their only loss, Jerry York and what he's done with the hockey program and the Frozen Fours. But those are our coaches and what they're doing and our student athletes. As the athletic director, I'm really in a position to provide our coaches who are the main front line to student development. They are the facilitators of student development in that athletic curriculum. So my role as the athletic director is to provide resources for them so they can maximize that development holistically. And question for Jason? Hey Jason, so yeah, so what do you hope to accomplish and, and see in your time here at BC? Well, first and foremost, uh, just getting the chance to meet all the, you know, as many student athletes and coaches as I can. Obviously, um, my primary duties, I'm the primary media contact for football. So I will get to know uh, a lot of those players and coaches first, but obviously the chance to help promote, you know, 31 of our sports, you know, from my end, that's, that's truly exciting. Um, we want to drive up as much coverage as we can, both on our website, uh, bceagles.com, you know, also on all of our social media outlets, but then also working with the media to make sure they have what they need and help share the stories, um, you know, that shape the coverage of BC athletics. So obviously it's, um, it's been a whirlwind so far, just coming in midstream during the season, but, um, you know, I just can't wait to get it going and, you know, just get a chance to meet everyone both kind of externally and internally. Sure, and I've seen a couple of new developments out of just kind of the communications. I believe Eagles Unlimited is a new uh, aspect to, I guess, the YouTube channel or just to the um, athletic communications. You get to kind of see a, a little bit of a different look um, with the players. So we'll be there. We'll be there. Will there be more of of that to come and kind of maybe um, more of an intimate look into some of the players? Yes, I definitely think uh, with Eagles Unlimited, obviously there'll be more um, written content and video content, and then also you know on the social media side of things, we're definitely going to look to utilize uh, Facebook Live and Periscope with more behind the scenes sure. action, um, you know, from our sports. Um, last week with football. Um, we did Facebook Live of the Eagle Walk, some of the pregame activities, some postgame stuff, some press conferences. So we saw some great turnout initially. We just started it. We haven't really advertised it yet. So I definitely think you'll see um, a much more uh, steady stream of that uh, in the future to come. Yeah, we look forward to it. Um, okay, so another kind of program as a whole question. Uh, WCBC Sports, or the sports uh, media outlet on campus, uh, we have gotten some chances to interact with the student-athletes um, and have always come away every time impressed by their poise and character. What is it about BC as a university? And, Brad, I think you alluded a little bit to this earlier, um, but also, you know, BC's university and uh, BC Athletics as an athletic program that breeds such well-rounded individuals. 
Well, I think it starts with our history and the culture that exists here. You know, cultures attract um, consistent values. And then it uh, transcends into our coaches, identifying great fits to the university in terms of the students that they're recruiting. And our current student athletes, when prospects come on campus, when they host them, making sure that they are articulating and living the values of this institution so those prospects can see what they're getting into. The one piece of advice I always give a prospect when they're on campus is spend as much time as possible with the students on the team. And I say that with a lot of confidence because the more they spend time with our students, the more they're going to love Boston College. But then it transcends into the faculty here, the reputation of the diploma and the degree, you know, the Jesuit education. It's just a package that's so unique relative to our our peers nationally it's just really something that we can sell but it's got to be the right fit and our coaches here are really good about not getting mesmerized with athletic ability and focusing on those student athletes that really fit our culture and can really thrive in it yeah uh, i agree with your perspective on that uh we've had great interaction with some of these athletes. I mean, I know right after Alex Tuck signed with the Minnesota Wild last year, he was on one of our programs and did a great job and spoke so well of the program and just spoke represented himself well. Um, I mean, I am lucky enough to know some of the guys on the football team. Look forward to hopefully getting to know some of the guys on the basketball team and all of the athletes around here. Uh, and yeah, it's, it's beyond just the athletic accomplishments on the field. Uh, as I alluded to in our first question, when we talked to John Kincaid from CBS Sports Radio, he was pretty candid about schools like BC and our, our opening week opponent in football, Georgia Tech, and they hold their athletes to believe a higher standard in a lot of facets, and you can see that around campus. That, like I said, this goes beyond just the stadiums, and you can definitely see it around campus. Jason, knowing some of these values of BC and you know what it offers as a unique package, is that something that attracted you to uh, coming here and taking up the job? Definitely. I think um, anytime academics are important um, and institution and that the student athletes value it, it makes my life much, much easier. So um, they're here first and foremost to get an education, and they take it very seriously. So I think from my end, that's always been, in my shoes, a lot easier um, to work with student athletes that kind of have that same priority and focus. So, you know, one of the big things on my end, I want to maximize their time. Um, I want to make sure that what we're doing to help promote them media-wise, um, doesn't take away from their ultimate goal, you know, to go get their degree and not let it interfere with, you know, any coursework or any other academic um, duties. So it's um, it's a challenge, but it's a fun challenge, and it's something from my end, I th you know, I think it's vitally important, you know, to help them succeed. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, I um, do some studying in my dorm, uh, in the lounge in my dorm, and I often see um, one of the football players in there often when I'm in there. And I think the stereotype of a lot of college athletes would say, oh, you know, he's not, he's not doing, he's working in the library in the lounge. But I, I see one of them pretty often, and I'm always impressed by it. Um, and I'm sure that's, that goes just beyond just one player. I actually live in a pretty small dorm, so I'm sure it goes across the whole campus, as we've seen. Um, so, guys, final question. Uh, this week is Parents Weekend. We have a uh, first home football game. Just how good does it feel to be back? Um, we spent our first three football games essentially on the road, even though the Island game was, I guess, considered a home game. Um, so how good does it feel to be back on campus? Um, and what are some of the things that you're looking forward to now that we're, you know, back into this home slate, hockey starting up, basketball be starting up in November? Just a couple of brief things that you're looking forward to as the seasons, as all the seasons kind of hit their full swinger, we get into some more other seasons. Yeah, you, you pointed out an interesting 
quirk in our schedule this yeah. year. Uh, we play a home game in Ireland and a road game in Gillette, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, because it was so late this year, it's fantastic to finally be at home. Yeah. And obviously, with the Wagner game last week, we we got to kind of get some quirks out of our operations, and it worked fine from that standpoint. But with Parents Weekend, this is really a special weekend. We have the pops tomorrow night. Yep. Tonight we have a celebration of the Light the, Fire, Light the World on Fire campaign and the conclusion of that. This weekend we have other multiple athletic events. October and March for me are probably the two funnest months because you've got the fall sports starting to really crank it up and then head into the home stretch while you got the winter sports starting up in October and you got the winter and spring sports doing the same thing in March. So this is a time where there is plenty to do. And as you said, Steve, you get to know these students and see how much time they're investing into their, their athletic careers and representing Boston College. You just want to be a part of that and celebrate with them and uh, you know, suffer with them when they uh, go through tough losses or adversity. But the whole package at Boston College, as all of you know, is just so special. Absolutely. Um, and Jason, I guess the uh, atmosphere, it's great to be on any college campus around, you know, the, the fall or any of the seasons. I'm sure it's just something that you're looking forward to kind of investing yourself in more as you as you grow uh, here in your time. Definitely. Uh, you know, last weekend, Wagner was my first football game here. So um, looking forward to Buffalo tomorrow. But then with, you know, ESPN's crew coming in, you know, next Friday for Clemson, obviously, um, can't wait to have their broadcast crew here. Um, it's always a big week when ESPN's in the building. So, yeah, I can't wait. It's uh, going to be exciting. Yeah, everyone's looking forward to that Clemson game on Friday night. And uh, I think I think we're going to think we're going to we're going to show ourselves very well that game. Um, I, I have a good friend of mine who says it's always so cool that just, you know, right outside a city, you wouldn't even know it in this, you know, huge college football stadium kind of pops out of a campus that you wouldn't even think, you know, would be there. A lot of these um, storied programs, you know, are in the, the middle of states and places that aren't as popularized, um, just kind of the, the way schools are formed. But BC, right outside of Boston, uh, and we have a great college football stadium that roars up in the fall. And uh, it, is a, it is a unique facet to what we do here at BC. We're really looking forward to it. Um, so I want to say thank you uh, to both of you for joining us on um, the WZBC Sports Podcast. This is a special school, and uh, we're honored to be able to cover it and to work with these uh, athletes and the staff here. Uh, it's it's a big honor. So thank you for doing all that you do. Uh, Jason, I know it's early in your time, but there's a lot to look forward to. And Brad, you've done um, so much good for us. So thank you for um, for joining us and you know offering these thoughts on um, what is sure to be a continued success story and uh, really a great school. Well, thanks for the opportunity and thanks for everything you do. Yeah, we, we're, like I said, we're honored to do it. So um, we really appreciate it. And uh, we hope to talk to uh, both of you soon as uh, the seasons go forward. Thanks again. Look forward to it. All right. Thanks, guys. This has been the WZBC Sports Podcast, Episode 3. My name is Stephen Mackley. want to say thank you again to our two great guests uh, for this podcast. Check out WZBCSports.com for more podcasts, articles, and our broadcast schedules for the season to come. There's a lot to look forward to um, from what we have coming your way, and with BC Sports as a whole, we'll be covering all of it. There's a lot of good stuff to come out of uh, WZBC Sports, especially on the podcast. And check out WZBCSports.com for all that content. This has been the WZBC Sports Podcast, and we will talk to you soon. Santini, make a nice little pass over to Sanford. Sanford gives it to Tuck. Tuck with a shot. Oh! Tuck scores. Eagles win. The Eagles have won the 2016 Feedbot Championship.
Catch all the excitement of Boston College Athletics right here on WZBC Newton 90.3 FM. As BC's only student radio broadcasting organization, WZBC Sports brings a different viewpoint of college athletics to the table. Our student commentators know the campus, student-athlete culture, and latest beat on the teams like no other media outlet, thanks to our dedicated coverage of Boston College sports. Check out our broadcast or weekly talk show schedules at www.wzbcsports.com and get a refreshing take on sporting events at the Heights and beyond.